0: Up next, Rob Smith is Problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Candace Owens was trying to follow COVID protocols when she was refused a COVID test by a business who recognized her from social media. Where are we headed as a society when people are denied health coverage because of their politics? Nowhere good, I am certain. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. This morning, as tends to happen every couple of weeks, Candace Owens was trending all over Twitter, all over social media, all over the internet. And so, you know, i looked because I'm always curious about what Candace is doing and why she's trending and, and what is going on. I assumed that she had just, you know, said something crazy or, you know, gotten to, you know, some sort of a social media spat with somebody, but no, this is actually a very serious thing. So Candace Owens is trending on Twitter, because she is uh, apparently traveling in Aspen right now and is on her way to somewhere else um, that requires COVID testing. Now, uh, Candace has gone on record as saying that she will not get the vaccine. Um, You want to call her an anti-vaxxer, whatever you want to call her. This is somebody who has gone on record as saying that she does not want to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So she... Travels a lot and she needs to be COVID tested a a lot. I mean, you know, this is what the protocols are right now. She went to a location or had her had her assistant reach out to a location and she got a response from this place that basically said that they are refusing to even test her for the coronavirus. And I'm going to let Candace tell you in her words. She did a story on Instagram, you know, Twitter and Facebook. She did a live stream where she actually read the email that this person had sent her. And I want you to hear it from Candace's own voice. So listen to this.
1: Susanna writes, (laughs) I've just learned of this testing request and as the owner of this business am going to refuse this booking and deny service, we cannot support anyone who has proactively worked to make this pandemic worse by spreading misinformation, politicizing and actively dissuading people from receiving life saving vaccinations. This is my favorite part of the email. She writes, the only other local testing option is the free kiosk by City Hall. They mail their tests to Texas and have inconsistent result times. Do not take appointments. So it's walk-in only midday weekdays in their back alley. But basically, like, she's only saying that she's not going to give me a test. She's like, and haha, good luck ever getting one because I'm the only person. I have a monopoly in Aspen and you can't even get one thanks Susanna. like, like the arrogance of writing that afterwards being like, good luck getting one because I have a monopoly here in the mountains of Aspen is like so typical leftist. And then of course, like as a leftist activist and someone who clearly does not care about public health, because if she cared about people in Aspen, like she'd be like, I hate Candace Owens, but thank God she's like, she's going to make sure she doesn't have COVID because she's here. And I want to make sure she doesn't have COVID and she's not walking around with it. Then she ends it by saying, of course, pat on her own back. My team and myself have worked overtime to exhaustion, unpaid and underpaid this past year, spending our own capital to ensure that our community remains protected. It would be unfair to them and to the sacrifice that we have all made this year to serve you. Nobody stopped her in this ironic statement, obviously. You're saying you care about your community and you've worked to make sure that your community is protected. You have someone who's here in your community, but is saying that they wanna make sure they have COVID. They don't have COVID. And you're declining tests. So basically, she would rather Candace, who she knows is unvaccinated, walk around Aspen unsure if she has COVID nineteen because she needs to make a moral statement that unvaxxed people shouldn't even be allowed to test for COVID. Susanna, it, this is this is beyond like this is beyond stupid. You can't even like I can't even unpack the layers of stupidity.
0: So this is, I mean, this really is quite, like as I can also um, not unpack the, the layers of stupidity. But first of all, so what happened to first do no harm? Isn't that what um, doctors and, and, and healthcare professionals and all of these people in the medical world, are they supposed to first do no harm? So they would rather penalize Candace Owens for having the wrong types of politics or, or for having the quote-unquote wrong view when it comes to the vaccine than to actually just go ahead and do the work that they need to do for their community, test her um, to make sure that she doesn't have COVID if she's going to be interacting in that community or if she's going to be traveling wherever she's going to travel to. And the thing about this is that this really does um, underline how every single thing is absolutely political nowadays. It's very shocking and it's very surprising and it's very scary about how political these things are. Now, um, Candace didn't get to her email response, um, in this video, but I'm going to read it to you. She shared this via Twitter. It's absolutely hysterical. So this is Candace's email response to Susanna. I wanted to let you know that this might objectively be the most hilarious email I have ever received in my life. Truly, I've never laughed harder. Nothing screams, this virus isn't political, quite like Googling the names of the people who book tests with you and determining on a case-by-case basis whether or not you will let them comply with your community COVID measures. Nothing screams, I love my local community, quite like refusing to test people who are going to a local event and wish to ensure they are negative and their Therefore, do not spread the virus. That nobody stopped you from hitting send on such an emotionally unstable and hysterical email leads me to believe that the people who work for you must love me and would therefore never deny me this entertainment. It's hard to pick just one, but I think the best part of your virtue signaling rant is the arrogant assumption that you're the only person who can administer a COVID test from here to Texas, lol. So that's Candace Owens' uh, response to this whole thing. And and look, I, I have to tell you that this entire thing, it's becoming, you know, we all thought that this was going to stop with the vaccine. Remember when they told us? that when the vaccine comes, people can get vaccinated and we'll be back to normal. Instead, we have created this whole sort of Jim Crow thing where we have allowed and we have allowed social pressure on Hollywood celebrities and, and liberal Democrats and all of these people to basically say that if you have decided not to take this vaccine, you are a less moral person. You do not care about other people's safety. In fact, you are selfish. This is what they say. They say that you are selfish because you do not want to put um, a, a vaccine that is barely approved by the FDA, mind you. And on, only one uh, vaccine is approved by the FDA. That's the Pfizer vaccine. So if you do not want to put this thing that is barely approved by the FDA into your body, and that is, by the way, not gone over any long term testing, anything like that, then you are evil. You are somebody that should be denied even a COVID test so that you don't know whether or not you are positive for the coronavirus or not. And this stuff is extremely dangerous and this stuff is actually verging on cruel. And so now one of the the chief promoters of all this stuff, obviously CNN, obviously the, the leftists that work there. So I want you to listen to what Don Lemon had to say about people who are not vaccinated. Here's how I feel about that. If you're not gonna get vaccinated, you don't wanna social distance, you don't wanna wear a mask, then maybe you don't wanna go to the hospital when you get sick. I know that sounds harsh, but you're taking up the space for people who are doing things the right way. Doing things the right way. And this is gonna sound harsh, but this is what I truly believe. You hear that, plebe? If you don't listen to what me and the rest of the media overlords and the rest of the entertainment industry overlords and the rest of your government overlords, when you do not comply with them telling you what to do with your body, you are selfish. You shouldn't even go to the hospital if you get sick from coronavirus, right? And so this is what they're saying. And this is scary stuff. And I cannot be the only person that thinks that this is getting into really scary territory. So refusing a COVID test for someone who's trying to do the right thing and to ensure whether um, they do or do not have COVID just because of their politics? Saying that somebody is selfish and doesn't deserve health care because they don't want to put an untested and barely approved drug into their bodies. What is the actual end result here? Where does this go? You know, we have seen this stuff over and over again. We have seen sort of in in the Trump era, we have seen people sort of put into categories that are good and bad. So if you're a good person, you do everything that CNN tells you to do. You do everything that the CDC tells you to do. You do everything that Joe Biden or Jen Psaki or any of these people on the left tell you to do. You do not disrupt any of the narrative that is coming from Hollywood, that is coming from uh, Washington, D.C., that is coming from CNN, that is coming from any of the other mainstream media. If you do that, if you comply, then you're a good person. And you will be accepted into society. If you live in New York City and you're a good person and you get the vaccine, you will be allowed to go to bars and restaurants and movie theaters. No, but if you're a bad person, if you're a bad person that doesn't want the government to tell you what you should and should not put into your own body, if you're a bad person that listens to the science that they all love so much and the science that shows that if you have had the coronavirus and recovered from it, your antibodies are likely stronger than any antibodies that come from the vaccine, right? But if you listen to that, you're a bad person. And if you refuse anything that they say, then you're a bad person. And this whole dividing people in camps um, for good and, and bad people, this leads to... This woman literally, and she thinks that she's one of the good guys, this woman that denied Candace the COVID test. And this is the scariest thing about these people, is that they think that they're the good guys. They think that they because they listen to whatever the media, whatever Democrats, whatever Hollywood celebrities say, whatever the most popular view is, and that everybody else should just shut up and comply, they're the good guys. And this is stuff that is dangerous because the authoritarians that want to control everything about your life right now they have figured out that they can make people do anything they want them to do as long as it's couched in virtue as long as they tell you that you are a good and moral and decent person by doing this they can get people to do whatever they want to do this is sick this is wrong so this Candace getting refused a COVID test by some leftist masquerading as a healthcare professional, Don Lemon telling people that if they don't get the vaccine and they, become, they don't even go to the hospital, they don't even deserve um, to be treated if they decide not to get the vaccine and become sick from COVID. This is sick. It's wrong. It's authoritarian. And let me tell you something. We should all fight back against this with all of our might. So good for Candace for publicizing what happened to her. Because let me tell you something. What happened to Candace is what is happening to lots of different people all across the country. She just has the bully pulpit to make it a nationwide story. So I am glad that she is doing this. I'm glad that she is fighting those fights for people who cannot fight those battles. Yes, we're talking about Republican frontrunners for 2024 already. And there is a really juicy Vanity Fair article that has the scoop on who's going to be running and how Trump really feels about Ron DeSantis. I'll unpack it all right after the break. So there is this very juicy, very dishy, very bitchy Vanity Fair article that is all about the GOP Republican frontrunners for 2024, because it is never too early to start talking about the next election cycle, even eight months into the uh, new administration, right? Right. Um, And and this is fine. I thought this was a really interesting article. So the article mentions a bunch of the main contenders. So these are the people who we're going to be seeing in 2024. And there's a big caveat here. We are only going to be seeing these people if Trump decides not to run. Do I personally think that Trump will run? I, I waffle on this. And here's the thing. And this is my theory on this, and and I think that my theory is right because I'm I'm around, um, I'm around a lot of political people all the time, and these people like most of them are awful and just, just like they're just not good people. This is what I think about Trump running in 2024. I don't think that he personally wants to run. Um, I think that he's an old he's an old man. Like this guy's in his mid to late 70s, I believe. Um, he looks better. Since he left the White House, he looks more well-rested. He looks more tan. He looks like he's just kind of enjoying his life. You know, they don't call the presidency the worst job in the world for nothing. So I don't think he personally wants to run. What I think is that he has a lot of people in in his inner circle and, and maybe in, you know, some some elements of the outer circle when you get that deep into these political circles and these people, they become obsessed with their access to power, right? Um, there were a lot of people even when when Trump was in office. And when Trump was in office, you know, I was in um, I was in the Roosevelt Room and I was in the Oval Office and I went to a couple events there. And if you don't check yourself, if you don't really get to exactly why you're doing what you're doing, especially as somebody that's a political commentator, you can kind of get corrupted by all of this stuff. And and you can get a little warped by this access that you have to these people that have fabulous amounts of, of wealth and power and all these different things. And I believe that Trump is completely surrounded by people who have been warped by their access to him. And in their minds... The only way that they will ever continue that that access that, that access to power, all of that other stuff, is by him running for president again. So I think that all of these people are going to tell him to run for president again. Um, whether he listens, whether he doesn't, I, I don't know. Um, I personally – well, I have thoughts on that that I will share when it happens. But anyway, so the big caveat – about whether or not um, these GOP frontrunners will run is of course whether or not Donald Trump will run. So we're just gonna operate under the assumption that Trump decides not to run. So the article talks about Ron DeSantis, of course. It talks about Nikki Haley. It talks about Mike Pompeo. Uh, It talks about Josh Hawley. It talks about all of these people um, as people that that are in the running for this, right? And there's some very interesting comments because um, Vanity Fair got Trump to speak on the record about some of these people. This is why this is also juicy. And this is what he says about Nikki Haley, which I find quite fascinating. He said this. Well, every time she criticizes me, she uncriticizes me about 15 minutes later. This is what Trump said. I guess she gets the base. And Nikki Haley, in my opinion, is very much a flip-flopper. Uh, she's somebody who I believe is... Is very to in and, and, and I I'm, I'm gonna compare it to Hillary Clinton in this way, and it's not because they're both women. Um, it is because she's very so si- similar to Hillary Clinton is that there is not a a syllable that Nikki Haley will utter that has not been focused, tested, and approved by a lot of different people, right? It's not been focused, that's not been approved. So she will say, I don't really feel like she says what's in her heart. I think that she says what she thinks is going to play um and that leads into her you know her january 6 comments about about what happened in, on january 6 you know she came out very early and very forcefully against trump like against the whole thing um and she's also somebody that this is what you have to watch out for when you're, when you're looking at Republicans when you're looking at people that, that are looking to run. You cannot run people and you cannot put people into power that secretly want to be loved by the left and secretly want to be loved by Democrats. Because that stuff gets you into trouble. And I do believe that Nikki Haley is somebody that secretly wants to be loved by the media establishment. And so Trump is really right about the fact that, you know, she criticizes, she uncriticizes, she doesn't want to, you know, she wants the liberal elite to kind of like love her and respect her. A lot of these conservatives are wrapped wrapped up in this idea that if they say the right things, if they use the right language, if they do this, then they're just going to be loved by liberals. Um, liberals will only love you if you can be used to hurt a Republican or if you basically just say Democrat things. Um, but claim to be a Republican. There's a, a lot of people from the Anna Navarros and, and the Michael Steele's and, and the Lincoln Project. There's a lot of people running that grift right now. So that's how I feel about Haley. Will she run if Trump doesn't run? Absolutely. Will um, she maybe be somebody's VP? I don't know. But the most interesting thing about this article is them talking about Ron DeSantis. Uh, and, and this is very interesting, them talking about Ron DeSantis, because DeSantis is the front runner should Trump not run. Right, um, I personally, and I've told you guys this, I love Ron DeSantis. As somebody that lives in Florida, I've seen him keep the state open. I've seen him um, put us in a position that is far better economically than a lot of the other states. So, so Florida has been less massively impacted by the shutdowns than a lot of different states. Right. So, Ron DeSantis is extremely popular among Trump's base. Like myself, like all of my friends, everybody that voted for Donald Trump loves Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is seen widely as Trump without the drama. It's like Trump without the BS, right? This is why they love Ron DeSantis. But here's the thing. He is less popular among actual political insiders than he is among the MAGA base, okay? And so I'll tell you. So I, I personally, personally know I'm somebody that used to work for Ron DeSantis, and this is a person that I personally know um, that felt uh, a little... He he felt a little screwed by what had happened to him when he worked for Ron DeSantis. Um, he was promised things that were not given to him. This person has completely exited politics based on his experience um, with the DeSantis campaign. He doesn't work in politics anymore. And from what this person has personally told me that um, there's a lot of turnover among DeSantis' staff, Um, people do not like him, the people that work for him don't like him, and that he literally trusts only one person who is his newscaster wife. And I also personally know someone that was connected with Casey DeSantis back when she was a local newscaster who said that she is one of the worst people that he has ever met in his life. So this is from the Vanity Fair story. This says, Assuming DeSantis prevails, former staffers told me that his abrasive personality could become a liability under the pressures of a national campaign. DeSantis is known to only trust his wife, Casey, a former newscaster, and his staff has seen heavy turnover. This is what... Um, one former staffer, one person, um, tells Vanity Fair. He has zero relationships. He just doesn't speak to you. This is from a former staffer. And in May, Political reported that former DeSantis staffers set up a support group to commiserate over their experiences working for him. So as much as you and I will just call ourselves uh, Joe, Joe Q. Maga, right? So Joe Q. Maga loves Ron DeSantis because we see the actual results. Now, we don't see what happens behind the scenes. I personally do not think that whether Ron DeSantis is a great guy has any bearing on his ability to govern. I don't, I don't vote for best friends. I don't vote for a guy that I want to have a beer with. I vote for somebody that's going to get the job done. I don't need to like him. I don't need to know him, right? So that's just me personally. Um, and I feel like most people think that same way too. Th- this is what I think. This is what I think. Because there's a lot of people that voted for Trump um, that think he's a jerk. And the people openly tell you this. And so this is a juicy, juicy uh, little tidbit, tidbit from this article um, about Trump's relationship towards DeSantis, right? Trump effing hates DeSantis. He just resents his popularity. This is what a Trump confidant told the writer of this article. Uh, and the writer of the article is, I believe, uh, Gabriel Sherman, who has a lot of sources and, and wrote um yeah gabriel sherman he has a lot of sources he wrote a book on this so this guy he's deeply sourced and deeply connected so there's no reason to not believe any of this stuff um because his scoops have turned out to to be true you can just google the guy so this is very interesting um because if you know anything about trump um you know how and trust me i say this to somebody that voted for him you know how vain, like he's vain he's a he's a vain guy he's very self-centered um, he, like a, a bit of a narcissist, if if you want to be completely honest about it, and so it would make perfect sense that he would despise the popularity of Ron DeSantis, especially among his base, because he sees himself as somebody who made Ron DeSantis, which is absolutely true. Because once Trump endorsed DeSantis, um, in DeSantis's first gubernatorial run, his his popularity shot up. and shot up. He surged started shooting up in the polls. So he just got very, very popular because of Trump. Um, But Trump is somebody that demands blind loyalty. And DeSantis doesn't give that to him. And I think that he resents him because of that. I just think that that is very interesting. And the last thing about this article that I think is is most interesting, look, Pompeo, um, Hawley, whatever, Pompeo, that guy's just been around DC for too long for me to ever really think of him seriously. And Josh Hawley, I am not particularly interested in senators and Congress people, like because here's the thing, and this is the difference between a governor and a senator. A governor, like the buck stops, stops with him. A governor actually has to make executive decisions. They actually have to run things. You elect a senator, president, like you get. Obama and Biden, right? You get people that don't really know what it is to wield any kind of executive authority, but that are owned by all of the, the swamp, all of the swamp sort of like coalesces around these senators and they use these senators to push forth their agenda. So this is why I do not like senators and I do not like Congress people running for president. I'm not into it. So one person that you do not see note, uh, mentioned in the article at all is Christine Noem, which is very interesting. And I think there's a reason for that. Um, Christy Nome, who is the governor of South Dakota, um, Christy Nome has seen her popularity sort of plummet in the past couple of months because people have seen her as kind of being a little flip-floppy and we'll just case in point. Um, Ron DeSantis actually took a stand um, for women's sports and he basically had that executive order that said that you know only biological women can compete in women's sports and that was through the whole state and he had to remember um, the NCAA, they huffed and they puffed and they did all this other stuff and they said that and it never came to fruition. It happened, it's done, everybody moved on. Um, Christy Nome had the opportunity to do something similar like that for South Dakota. She caved. Um, she caved to pressure from the NCAA. She caved to pressure from donors, and so that's kind of the underlying image that people see when they think um, of Christy Nome. So I think that that is why she is not even being mentioned as a contender. Um, maybe not even somebody that could run for president um, in the hopes of getting a VP slot. And by the way. I'm going to close out this segment, but I do have to say this. My personal, who I would love to see run, as I would love to see Senator Tim Scott run, I would love to see him run because I think that he actually has integrity, but he almost may have to, and I know that I'm going back on what I just said about senators, but he may actually have too much integrity to run for president. You know, Take that as you will. But I just wanted to give you an insight into this article, which I thought was really juicy. But up next... I have an update on a story that went viral a few months back when a woman reported a man who, quote, identifies as female, exposing himself in a women's spa in California. It's not a hoax. It's quite real. And the perp is actually facing charges. I'll give you that update right after the break. You may remember... This viral video, this video went viral all over the internet. It was basically a woman saying that there was a man in the women's section of a spa called We Spa in California. And this video went went totally viral. And I'm going to read you um, something. This is from Andy know at the New York Post. So this is Andy know at the Post has broken this story. So so all love, all credit to Andy No. He's bold. He's great. I actually personally know him. Fantastic guy. Excellent journalist. Excellent journalist. Um, So this is from Andy Ngo at The Post. In June, a bunch of women complained that a person who identified as female exposed their penis at the Wii Spa in Los Angeles. The incident led to months of sometimes violent protests, with media outlets declaring it an example of bias against the transgendered or even that it didn't happen. Slate said that it was a, quote, transphobic hoax. And so I want you to listen to a little bit of um this video that went viral. This is a woman basically standing up and saying that there is basically there's male genitalia in my women's spa.
1: I just want to be clear with you it's okay it's okay for a man to go into the women's section, show his penis around the other women young little girls under age. your spa, we spa condone that. Is that what you're saying? like I asked it's so he, so he could stay there he could stay there What sexual orientation I see it d- it lets me know he's a man he, he's a man he is not a female
0: the woman that's, you know, behind this video has not released her name, probably due to safety reasons, because this entire incident led to months of just basically like really violent protests at this spa in Los Angeles. Um, Antifa got involved, these you know, transgender activists got involved, and and there's stuff all over the internet for it. And it's very interesting. When you see these sort of protests and you see all this violence, you see all this stuff happening on um, these transgender at, um, activists. And by the way, um, if you follow Andy No's reporting, especially on Twitter, follow him on Twitter at Mr. Andy NGO. So, Andy No, NGO. So, Mr. Andy No. Antifa tends to have a lot of transgender people for some reason. Now, he shares a lot of the. Mugshots from people that are arrested from in, in Antifa protests in Oakland. Is why Antifa literally wants to kill um Andy No in Portland. They want to kill him, um, but a lot of these people end up being um, transgender. But anyway, so these violent protests. There were women and girls that were assaulted. There was a video that went out. There was a woman that was assaulted by some Antifa protester. And so all of this was going on. It was crazy. Okay, and so this is what happens when we're talking about women. Um, having access to, to their spaces. And this is the thing, because the law states, and this is California, this is California, and there are similar laws in New York, and there's similar laws in other leftist states that if they were to deny this person with male genitalia that identifies as female if they were to deny this person access to women's spaces i.e. women's spas locker rooms etc then it goes against the sort of lgbtq non-discrimination laws that are on the books in places like california and places like new york so the rights of women to their own their own spaces the rights of a woman to use a spa that is for women, and not be exposed to a penis, those rights do not matter to the quote-unquote activists that push for these laws to be on the books in places like California and New York. And so now we're finding out that this person, who actually did an interview with, with Andy you know, at The Post, this person is named Darren Aggie Marriager. This person identifies as, as transgender. This week, a warrant was issued in Los Angeles County for the arrest of, of, of this person, 52 years old, based on five felony counts of indecent exposure in connection with the Wee Spot incident. As a publication, he has not been arrested. And I will say he because this person is is a male. This person is saying this person, this, this is a man that has long hair. This is not somebody that presents as female at all. I'm looking at his photo um, in, in the New York Post article. And you can Google the New York Post article if, if you want a little visual aid. This is not somebody that that presents as female at all. This is a man with long hair that says that he is a woman in order to get into women's spaces. Now, this person has a rap sheet a mile long, and he's actually been popped for indecent exposure before. Now, in December of 2018, this person was arrested for an indecent exposure incident in which he exposed himself to women and children in the women's locker room of West Hollywood Park. And this is from the LA County Sheriff's Department, Mindy. This is what I'm reading. Marager claims to identify as female so that he can access women's locker rooms and showers. Marager is a registered sex offender in Marina Del Rey. And so this is what Marager says to um, the interview. This is what Marager says to Andy. No. Her open cases, this is from the Post article, Mariger says her open cases, again, using the the, the she, her pronouns, I guess, this person is a man, um, involving accusations of indecent exposure show a, quote, pattern of abuse from a state and society that punishes transgender people. This is, quote, from Mariger, quote, you allow trans women to go in their women's spaces and then people simply claim indecent exposure and you're arrested, she says. Marager says she is speaking with progressive California lawmakers like State Senator Scott Weiner in the hope that they change state law to better protect trans people. If you go into an area where you're expected to be nude, there has to be an indecent exposure exemption, she says. Also, uh, Marager says she, quote, may file complaints or lawsuits for the discrimination, she says, she has been made to suffer by law enforcement and women in the wee spot. You see... Now, marriager. she, quote, is the victim here. And so this is what we're, we're dealing with here when it comes to this entire situation. And I thought that it would be a good um, idea to give you guys an update because so often these moments go viral and then they just happen. And then just, you know, there's a couple of protests and a couple of people like like me, you know, we say something about it and then it just goes away. And so it's very interesting to... Do a follow-up on this and to know where this is all going. And so this is what Marager says, again. And this is somebody that has male genitalia, okay? Male genitalia. If you go into an area where you expect expected to be nude, there has to be an indecent exposure exemption. So what this person is basically going to be advocating for, and this is what they're going to use, um, idiot leftists and, and, and quote-unquote progressives like Scott Weiner in California, California is just going to the toilet. They're going to use them to change laws to have a carve-out for indecent exposure. So this person who is an, who is a sex offender, okay, a charged sex offender, a registered sex offender, this person is a sex offender. So what this person wants... And we'll probably eventually get in California and in New York and uh, in Oregon and in all of these sort of leftist progressive utopias is the right to identify as female without having any sort of surgery to have male genitalia and to have complete and open access to women's spaces and then have the law protect them from being charged for indecent exposure and to protect anybody from complaining about this. And that is, that's, it's twisted. It's sick. It, it is a complete assault on the right to women to their own spaces. And I didn't share this element of the video with you, but for every, you know, person like this who is trying to use, you know, these progressive laws or whatever to, to, to switch the laws to sort of indulge their delusion and their, and their sexual fetish. There's a man in that video. And the video, the viral video goes on for about 15 minutes. Of course I couldn't use the whole thing. But there's a man in that video, this this progressive man, and he's arguing with this woman about, well, you know, well, if she identifies as this, blah, blah, blah. And then the woman gets into a fight with this progressive, this cucked, progressive quote unquote man. These these are not, they're not even men. Okay? They're not even men because they're so chained to their progressive ideology. And they're so chained to the idea that, remember, again, we always talk about good and bad. They're so chained to the idea that they're good, and this is a man, that you can't even stand up for the rights of a woman to her own spaces. These people are so cucked. They're so beta. They're so, there's so much estrogen running through these progressive men. There's so much. It, it's just, it's, it's twisted. But if you want to find that video, that's a part of the video. And it, it, like I said, it goes on for 15 minutes. But this is what we're dealing with here. So I just want to let you know that this is where this entire conversation is headed. This is where this is headed. And you're not, you may not hear about much about it now. You're certainly not gonna hear about it on MSNBC or, or even Fox News, mind you. This is stuff that you're only gonna get from here because they are laying the groundwork right now. The radical progressives and the radical leftists and all of that stuff, they are laying the groundwork for the battles that are going to be fought 20 years from now. So I just want to give you a heads up. This is happening and the I don't know that there's any way to stop it but to get out of these communist, leftist, antifa-ridden socialist states like California. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on the Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and get my weekly newsletter, go to gingrich 360com Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers, and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich360 Network.